Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And Sean, things have been a little quiet. Yeah, you can say that. In the world of Smash. Mm -hmm. But you know what's loud? What's that? Sometimes us. and (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And we are ready to scream some Fire Emblem predictions. Ah, Fire Emblem! (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. I don't know the words to that song. It's all in Japanese. Uh, actually, I don't think it's in Japanese. I really? think, uh, oh, it's just like, it's I, like opera where you can't tell what language it is. Yeah. Being ridiculous. Yeah. I think they're singing like Latin or Italian uh, or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they deliberately do the opera thing. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not Japanese. Ah, uh, mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure any opera fans in our audience right now. <laughs> Have you uh, seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon? Oh, where- yeah. Good. Um, I've seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon, by which I mean I've seen all Bugs Bunny cartoons, so whatever you say. No, I think I know exactly which one you're talking about. Where he has it in for the opera singer, and so he makes him hold the note for a really oh, long time. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were... Um, I actually misjudged. I thought you were talking oh. about the one where Bugs Bunny like dresses up as like like a Norse like opera like character. That's a good one too. What's Elmer? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's an opera (laughs) episode. And Elmer wants to like hit that, right? Uh he you know, he he wants to Right. He he wants to get his fuddy duddy. (laughs) No 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 There's uh, another episode where, for some reason, Bugs has a grudge against this opera singer. Yes, and so yeah. he dresses up as a uh, as conductor. a conductor. Yeah. yeah, and he's like he like holds the glove up in the air, and then he like takes the glove off, and it's still in the air. He like goes and gets a package and comes back. It's very funny. Yes. But anyway, let's talk about Fire Emblem. Ah, let's talk about it. It is funny that there's more than one Looney Tunes <laughs> episode about operas. That is funny. Yeah. Well, you know, they were classy guys. Yeah. True. Very classy. Those, those bugs guys. Very classy. The the classiest gay panic cross-dressing jokes of yeah. all time. And, you know, of course, uh, the racism in the 40s. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> classy gotta, as hell. Gotta love that yeah. shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so, let's uh, do some corrections from our last episode. Okay. Uh, we actually have a pretty decent handful. I said a lot of wrong shit. So, <laughs> so one thing I said was that the original 1990 whatever pc release of Mm -hmm. final fantasy 8 was identical to the version that's on steam right now okay the steam version of final fantasy 8 does have some upgrades Hmm. updates to screen resolution obviously because there's more screen resolution capabilities (laughs) in 2000 sure uh tens than there are than there was back then uh they've added achievements Uh uh they've added the capability for cloud saves and most notably kind of like final fantasy 9 they added a magic booster feature that adds 99 of several spells to your inventory to make ah, the game easier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did I did as much research as I could, and uh, I could not find any evidence supporting Sean's claim from last episode that uh, you can see a character's butt catching on fire in the PC version of Final Fantasy VIII. Once oh. again, not my claim. <laughs> that's Andy's claim. Well, you co-opted that claim. Blame Andy, not me. <laughs> 
Come on, Andy, get your shit together. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, if, if if somehow you listen to this podcast, you're a cool guy, and I don't care if you lied about uh, Squall's butt being on fire. It was Squall's butt specifically? Uh, I mean, I don't actually know. Uh, yeah, that, that's it's a new detail. Some dude's butt. Don't cross-examine me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this when I was like 12. <laughs> Hold it! <laughs> you you said before that you didn't know whose butt was on fire in Final Fantasy VIII, and now you're saying it's Squall's butt. So, also, a correction is I was unsure what Silex's role in Metroid Prime Federation Force was, so I, I double-checked. Silex is in a secret ending of Metroid Prime Federation Force. If you do a mission that involves collecting Metroid eggs, uh, after the credits roll, you see Silex break into a Federation facility and make one of the Metroid eggs hatch. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, kind of a kind of a cliffhanger, bringing back them Metroids. The Norfair stage, uh, I mentioned that Magma comes from the side in that stage, and it does, but it also comes from behind, and when it comes from behind, it covers the whole stage, so you have an opportunity to hide right. in one of those safe zones so that you don't get lavaed. I see. The power-up where Samus runs fast is the speed booster, not the speed force. <laughs> I can't imagine how you, <laughs> you got that one wrong. Yeah. And, and finally, we mentioned that it'd be really cool if there was an escape stage for Metroid where you're, mm -hmm. where the planet is collapsing and you have to get out in time uh and we claimed that that had never been done before we were technically wrong there was an escape sequence in melee's adventure mode uh and when you get to the end of the metroid stage you have to escape much like right. you would escape in a metroid stage i mean i'd say if anything we were technically right I, we, I, when, at least when i was talking about that idea i meant like a versus stage specifically right yes and you know, getting really technical, I think what we said specifically was it's never been done in Smash before. Uh, ah, I see. Yeah, and it's been done in Smash, just not as a versus stage. Okay. Uh, it should be done as a versus stage. It should. Yes. So that's all of it. All, all them corrections. Yeah. Now we can go on to news, any news that's happened since our last episode. Let's do. And not much news has happened. Like we said, it's been a little quiet, so I'd like to do something... A little interesting in the spirit of our Smashing Theory moniker. Okay. So as you know, there is Smash music uploaded to the Smash Dojo every week. I know that very well. Uh, and we like to cover that music every week. So first, let's get that out of the way. These past two weeks, the first track was Afternoon on the Island, a remix of a Tamodachi collection slash Tamodachi Life. Tamodachi. Tamodachi. <laughs> Uh, I wish you could see the expression on Daniel's face. He's really struggling. He looks like like a confused baby when it eats a lemon for a first time. Oh, I love yeah, that. Anyway, I'm it, a baby. Why'd I eat this lemon? This is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a Tamodachi collection slash Tamodachi life theme, and it's arranged by Masafumi Takata. Who does the soundtrack for the Danganronpa games? Which is a great soundtrack. Yeah, really great soundtrack, and uh, you know, pretty pretty cool tune. I think. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah like a little chill little tune. Yeah, catchy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. The second theme is an arrangement of ID 
Purpose from Fire Emblem Awakening right. by Takeshi Kuramochi, who does some, who, as far as I could tell, mostly just does uh, music for patchy slot games. That's probably pretty lucrative for him. And when I first listened to this rearrangement, I, I actually thought it was just the original. I thought it was just <laughs> the original track. So actually, while I was doing research for this episode, I ended up listening to the original Id Purpose again. Mm-hmm. And they do sound really fucking similar. Sure. Like it's a, if it's a rearrange, like obviously it is a rearrangement because otherwise it wouldn't be on the site. Mm-hmm. But it's a very subtle one. Okay, uh, like a, so subtle that I'm I'm surprised that it's a smash rearrangement because usually those are so drastic. You know. Yeah, it's it's definitely very evocative of the original. That is that is fair to say. Yeah, luckily that's a solid ass theme. So yeah. I guess if you're not gonna fuck with a music track don't fuck with that music track there you go it's advice good. for surviving on in smash music yes don't fuck with id purpose <laughs> so the interesting thing i like to do is we've gotten a lot of music over the course of all these updates mm-hmm. and with the exception of one franchise every week we've gotten music from a franchise that has not been represented on the site yet right the one exception is Fire Emblem, which has had two tracks uploaded onto the site over the course of its updates. Mm-hmm. And we've heard tracks from roughly half of the franchises represented in Smash so far. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be interesting, since we are the Smashing Theory guys... Yeah, that we are. ...to try to predict what we think the next two weeks <laughs> of Smash music are going to be from. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's establish what's been represented already. All right. We have the Zelda franchise, thanks to the Breath of the Wild main theme remix. Solid. Street Fighter from uh, Yoko Shimomura's Vega remix. Excellent. Still one of the best, I think. Yeah. Uh, Metroid, thanks to the Brand Star Depths remix. Good. Splatoon, thanks to Bomb Rush Blush. My favorite for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Snipper Clips, uh, thanks to Noisy Notebook. That's fine. And a note about Snipper Clips is that it's it doesn't count as a Smash franchise, Uh it just got a generic music note next to it, right? Ah. So we so we can file that under, like, generic, okay. right? sure. Kirby, thanks to the remix of City Trial from Kirby's Air Ride. Always good to have some Air Ride representation. Oh, yes. Mega Man, thanks to the really good Mega Man 4 medley. Mm-hmm. Kind of underrated. I, like, forgot about it, but it's still <laughs> really good. Uh, Metal Gear, thanks to the Snake Eater remix. Snake Eater! <laughs> F-Zero, thanks to the F-Zero medley. Good, good. Uh, Galaga, another generic representation, Mm -hmm. but it has a Galaga medley. Castlevania, thanks to Bloody Tears slash Monster Dance. Yeah. One of the four billion tracks that are actually going to be in the game (laughs) from Castlevania. Donkey Kong, thanks to Gangplank Galleon. Really good. Fire Emblem, uh, thanks to Gear Up 4. Really good. But also id Purpose. Good. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Yoshi, thanks to the Yoshi's New Island main theme Yeah, fine Yeah, pr- probably still the worst of, mm-hmm. of the batch Not not that a ranger's fault, just right. he didn't have great material to work with Mario, thanks to the Super Mario Bros. 3 Fortress rearrangement yeah. uh, Pikmin, thanks to its main theme rearrangement mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, thanks to Happy Home Designer theme Yes Pokemon, thanks to Battle Steven <laughs> Which has the best name Clearly and finally, Tamodachi Life slash Collection, thanks to Afternoon on the Island. All right. So that means there are 23 Smash franchises that are unrepresented so far. And to clarify, a Smash franchise is a franchise that has been represented by 
either a character or a stage in Smash Bros. Okay. Or obviously both. Right. So, uh, going in rough chronological order, via their, their franchises being debuted in Smash, we have Star Fox. Uh, kind of crazy that we haven't heard a Star Fox theme yet. That is I pretty think. wild. Iconic soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Earthbound. I would love more Earthbound. Yeah, baby. Me yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, Ice Climber. They really just kind of have one song, don't they? Uh, pretty much. There's there's like three tracks in the original Ice Climber. Okay. Yeah. 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 Game and Watch. I love Game and Watch remixes because they're always really sinister. <laughs> Like, he's this nice character, and then there's all this, like, weird, creepy, like, mwah synth stuff happening. <laughs> and I just really love that. That never occurred to me, that he's kind of like an eldritch character if you just listen to his music. <laughs> well, he transforms into a huge octopus. True, which is, like, one step away from a squid. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Cthulhu's cousin. Yeah. Cthulhu's, yeah. like, ink and paint 8-bit cousin, whatever, whatever, whatever level of fidelity that would be. We got Kid Icarus hasn't been represented yet. <laughs> True. Uh, which, knowing Sakurai is kind of surprising. Yeah. A Wario. Mamma Mia. That's that's Wario's cousin, Mario. Mia Mamo! <laughs> that, that's his catchphrase. The classic <laughs> Wario catchphrase we all know and love. Yeah. Uh, Rob. Would you, would you prefer, Oh, I missed. Yes, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, you love saying that. Oh, I missed the opportunity to say that the first time. <laughs> Wario. Uh, robotic operating buddy. Mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo DS, uh, the Picto Chat stages. <laughs> right. Electroplankton, because of that one Electroplankton stage mm -hmm. in Brawl. Uh, Wii Fit, thanks to Wii Fit Trainer and the Wii Fit stage. Sure. Punch Out. Yeah, e yeah, that, yeah. that is a thing. Uh, Xenoblade. Ching! Monado! <laughs> Duck Hunt? <laughs> Duck! <laughs> I I love whenever you just devolve into, like, making sound effects at whatever I say. Or, I'm like, running quotes. out of things to say about games, so I'm yeah. just going with my instincts, man. Great instincts. Pac-Man. Pac wow, wow, wow. <laughs> great. Fucking <laughs> great. Uh, Final Fantasy. Was that even a fucking Final Fantasy thing? So that was the title theme, but I was making no attention, no effort at all to sing it in the proper key or with actual notes that exist. I kind of see what you were half trying to do now. Yes, Bayonetta. Ah, Bayonetta. I don't actually know anything about that franchise. Nintendogs, thanks to the Nintendo stage. Find me, because there's a find me stage. Hey, where'd he go? Balloon fight. I, I hate balloon fight. <laughs> has that come up on the podcast? Yes, okay, yes, good, it good, good. has. <laughs> Pilot wings. Meow. Wii sports. And wrecking crew. I died. And those that last batch is obviously stages and not uh, characters. Yes. So, so out of this batch of 23... Which two of these franchises do you think we'll we'll see over the next couple weeks as uh, as music tracks? Star Fox and Kid Icarus. Nice. Star Fox because it's overdue. Kid Icarus because it's Sakurai. Okay, nice. Then uh, my picks are going to be Earthbound and Sonic the Hedgehog. I hope you are correct. Yeah, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog because we have gotten like a lot of third party tracks, and it's been a while since we got our last one. Mm -hmm. You know, we got. 
you know, yeah, we got Mega Man, we got Street Fighter, right. uh, we got Castlevania. So I feel like Sonic's uh, a bit overdue. And, uh, and you know, Sakurai loves Earthbound, and he loves Earthbound's music. So I feel like we will get some Earthbound representation, and maybe this is, like, the right time for it. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I hope you're correct. Uh, I obviously love Earthbound, and uh, its soundtrack is a big part of that. And even though Sonic the Hedgehog has had its ups and downs, one thing that is consistently, like, cheesy but awesome is every song that is ever written for a Sonic game. I feel like we've already discussed on the podcast, like, the phenomena that happens whenever we play on a Sonic stage, and, like, whenever Sean and I Doesn't are fighting... Doesn't mean we have to discuss it again. <laughs> Sean and I are fighting together on a, on a Sonic stage, <gasps> and any, any, music, any music with lyrics is playing. If any music with... <laughs> anyway uh... if any music with lyrics is playing on the stage then i automatically win the fight because it gives me superpower energy it's it doesn't give you superpower energy it just makes you so annoying that i get <laughs> flustered and fuck up that's what's happening there in case it wasn't clear now it's clear no Let's i settle this right now no i think I that think is me, what happens i think me loudly singing happens. the lyrics at the top of my lungs what during during the match just gives me the power to defeat you yeah that makes sense yeah based on what we know about how reality works yeah uh, good we're both on the same page exactly so those those are our bonus predictions for what's going to happen in terms of music updates over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think that Star Fox and Kid Icarus are great picks, by Thank the way. You. I I was actually like, I was thinking that it would be any two of Star Fox, Earthbound, Kid Icarus, uh, Sonic, and Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. But you picking two of those kind of whittled that down for me. <laughs> so it was it was much easier to pick. If I was able to pick from like unrepresented franchises that are not Smash franchises... I would have said that we're going to get a Monster Hunter track. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd so, be great. We'll see. That that would be great. So with that, so here on A Smashing Theory, we like to make predictions about what's going to be in the next Smash Bros. game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, this game is now coming out in like a couple months, and we're running out of things that could reasonably be in the game when it launches, but we also like to include stuff like DLC predictions and... There's also the fact that we like going over each franchise's history of Smash representation to date. And this is also just one of my favorite franchises on planet Earth, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we're talking about Fire Emblem this Ching. time. And ah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It's going to be a great episode, because you're just going to do that for the next hour. Yes! <laughs> Uh, so, as always, we start with character discussion, and we start with characters that have already been represented in Smash. Fire Emblem is one of the biggest represented franchises to date, with a whopping seven characters. Uh, a lot of those are clones of other characters, but that's okay. So, at the very beginning, well, kind of the beginning, in Super Smash Bros. Melee, we got Marth. Yeah. Marth is great, <laughs> and I really, I really love the history of this, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Because when Super Smash Bros. Melee came out, uh, Americans did not know that Fire Emblem existed. Right. Fire Emblem was not a franchise that was a thing in the States. It had some mild popularity in Japan, but none of the games had gotten localized. So when Sakurai was making Smash Bros. Melee, he decided to make Marth and Roy as uh, hidden characters exclusive to the Japanese version of the game. Right. However, when the game was being playtested in America, the playtesters 
that played really liked playing as <laughs> Martha and Roy, even though they didn't know who Martha and Roy were. So, uh, so Nintendo decided to make them unlockable in every version of the game, and and their inclusion made people realize that Fire Emblem was a thing, and it made the the franchise and you know Martha and Roy themselves so popular in the states that. Nintendo started localizing Fire Emblem games, starting with one of the Game Boy Advance ones. Ironically, not a game that Roy or Marth was in. <laughs> uh, but this eventually led to us getting Awakening and Fire Emblem becoming more popular in the States than it is in Japan. Yeah. And uh, actually, the game, the first game that was localized for the States in the Fire Emblem franchise... Um, it does technically have Roy in it. Right, yes. Because at the very end of the game, he makes a little cameo appearance. Right, yeah, because uh, the he's game... The, he's the son of Ellawood, one of the protagonists. Yes, that's right. The The Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem, named Fire Emblem over here, is a prequel to Roy's game. Yes. So, yeah, it features Roy as a child at the very end. Yeah. Uh, which is cute. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Marth, Martha's cool in Smash. Yeah, he's got a he's got a cool kit. Yeah, uh, I've gotten a little bit tired of it since then because it's <laughs> popped up several times in various yes. forms uh, since that game came out. Yeah. However, uh, it is still cool, kind of just on its own. You know, it's a, it's a yeah. new thing. Yeah, there's. You're right that there's been no shortage of the sword fighter archetype <laughs> since Marth's inclusion. It was really fresh and new at the time. Right. Now you can kind of see bits and pieces of Marth throughout like half the roster. Mm-hmm. That's an exaggeration, obviously. Uh, don't at me. Yeah, we uh, we're never hyperbolic during, uh, <laughs> this podcast, so we just wanted to make it clear that that was an exaggeration. Yeah, nothing but facts here on a smashing theory. A smashing fact—that's what it's really called. Yeah, just one fact. So Marth has the juiciest bottom of all Fire Emblem characters. Uh, so so Marth. Uh, yeah, Marth's, Marth's great. He's a cool part of Smash history. He's a cool Fire Emblem character, obviously, from the very first Fire Emblem. One of our mutual friends, Colin, like, mains Marth all the damn time. He's really <laughs> annoying with Marth. He always dresses in Marth's white costume, calls him Wedding Marth, and then just goes to town. <laughs> I always thought of that as Elvis Marth, but I guess Wedding Marth is fine, too. Yeah. I always thought of him as Elvis Marth, but Wedding Marth is fine, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marth has been in every Smash game... And actually, I think in the more recent ones, he stopped being a hidden character and he was just in the main cast. Right. That makes uh, sense. Because it's not really a surprise that Mars there anymore. <laughs> uh, there was also Roy making his debut in Melee. Uh, he's he's also got a fun bit of Smash history in that he is uniquely a character that debuted in Smash before he debuted in his own game. Wow. Yeah, Smash Bros. Melee came out like a few months or like a month or two before Fire Emblem The Binding Blade came huh. out in Japan. Yeah. Okay. So Smash Melee is actually Roy's first appearance in gaming, period. That's cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, he's he, he had similarities to Marth, but had some new moves. He had the whole like charge up and explosion thing. Yeah. And yeah, pe- people like Roy. People. Hey, he's cool. Yeah, pe- people really liked Roy. A lot of people were really upset when he did not show up in Brawl, which right. he did not. And I'm sure those people were happy once he came back to Smash as a DLC character for Smash 4. And here he is in Ultimate now because everyone is here. Yes. And, you know, I, I can see why people like Roy. His his design, like, contrasts Marth in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Marth is kind of, like, like, reserved and cool. 
but Roy is more like flashy. Yeah, and, he's uh, he's the Ken to Marth's Ryu. Yeah, including just f- flaming with a lot of his attacks. My one of my favorite things actually is there's this web comic. Uh, there's this web comic called Awkward Zombie mm-hmm. that that uh, that started as sort of like uh, just a web comic. Uh, starring several members of the Smash cast and their antics, right? And her her depiction of Martha and Roy are really funny because we Americans at the time that she made these comics had no real basis for what Martha and Roy's actual personalities were. <laughs> so she makes Marth sort of like a so, sort of a Miles Edgeworth like right. character, you know, sort of like a, a stuck up like rich boy <laughs> who who's like really fancy and and doesn't want to break his nail or whatever and Roy's like a fucking gremlin. Roy's, <laughs> you know, uh Roy's just like climbing onto people and like what right. are you doing? Like That's funny. Uh and he's just a fucking idiot and it's great. She probably uh, got closer with Roy than she did with Marth by a little <laughs> bit. Really Marth in the games is just like we're going to stop you evil demon yeah, lord exactly. like yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, actually it's funny. Eventually we started getting some localized Fire Emblem games with Marth in them. And she actually like commented that commented on that in one of her comics where it's right. like she's like my Marth and Marth's like there like looking at his nails he's like look don't touch and then uh, and then it's like Nintendo's Marth and it shows him like like with a G shucks like pose and he's right. like oh fight with my friends uh, so it's it's funny because I I have more familiarity with a fan version of Marth than I do with real Marth and that uh. That's hilarious. That's fine because every game that's gotten localized with Marth in it for the states has been bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it was just the really shitty Nintendo DS Fire emblems. Uh, Sh- Shadow Dragon. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, I ended up not getting Shadow Dragon because I heard that it was kind of a disappointing remake of the original. You know, uh, like mechanically, it might have been fine. I don't know. Right. But the, I mean, part of the draw for me of Fire Emblem is that you have these really cool, flashy attack animations. Yeah. And they're just ugly and bad in those games. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they're, like, I don't know, posing action figures or something. They're just not good, and so that's too bad. Yeah, what's funny is the remake of Fire Emblem 3 that only came out in Japan was apparently much better across the board. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that also starred Marth. <laughs> Marth just can't catch a break. He cannot. Except that his inclusion in... Um, Smash did revitalize the entire Fire Emblem franchise. Yeah, so I, I guess in a way he did kind of catch a break. <laughs> right. In the end, he got to keep existing. Yeah. In Smash Bros. Brawl, we got Ike. Mm-hmm. And Ike's cool. He's from Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, which did not exist at the time that Smash Brawl came <laughs> out. Um, I don't think. I'm not sure. 2008. Well, yeah, I, I think they came out around the same time. Right. And... And yeah, Ike's great. Like he he sort of he sort of takes the differences that Roy had from Marth and sort of makes more distance between those two characters. Yeah. You know, like he has he has Roy's like explosion attack, but now he's like he's uh he's slower and he's stronger and he's just like a beef beefy beef man just swinging his big beefy sword around i was gonna just... say that he's kind of like a power character or something like that no he's big, a big beefy, beefy beef, beef man. man yeah yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> get with the with the technical terminology my friend hey he's... excuse me late uh triangle adopter <laughs> i think you might be the one who needs to get with the terminology 
I have no idea of what you speak. But anyway, <laughs> Ike is a classic quadruple B. <laughs> Good. We've got the RPM triangle. We've got quadruple B. What are the other quadruple B characters in the cast, Daniel? Uh, well, uh, King DDD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a quintuple B, if anything. Yeah, a big, big, beefy, beefy, beef, beef, beef. <laughs> That's more like a septuple B, but you know. Yeah, whatever. So, Or maybe a sextuple B. I always liked Ike. <laughs> Good, I'm his, glad you like Ike. His up B was always really satisfying to pull off. He throws a sword in the air, and then he jumps up and catches it and slams it back down. Stylin'. Yeah, very stylin'. And uh, his his final smash was also pretty cool. Yeah, I I like Ike. I, as they would say in the fifties, <laughs> right? He yeah he's he's a cool character, and I'm really glad he's in, and I'm really glad he he kept showing up. Actually, when I was predicting the roster for Smash Four for that contest that I was in and got second place, which is the reason this podcast exists, BT Dubs, <laughs> uh, I actually predicted that Ike would not return. Wow, and you were wrong. I was wrong, and I'm gl- and I'm glad that I was wrong. Okay, uh, because I do like Ike. Uh, you he... like Ike? I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike for president. That was the that was the jingle. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so. So he has been in every Smash Bros. game since his debut in Brawl, which is great. Uh, then then the roster of Fire Emblem characters in Smash literally doubled in Smash 4. Right. It sort of at that point became like a Fire Emblem fighting game featuring some other Nintendo characters. Well, I don't think I'd ever go that far, but yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. It's I don't I'm know doing. what that means. Hyperbolic? So we got a couple of simultaneous reveals in a single trailer. We got Robin from Fire Emblem mm-hmm. Awakening and also Lucina from Fire Emblem Awakening. Robin, uh, talking about weird Fire Emblem predictions that I made, <laughs> uh, Robin was one of the characters that I predicted correctly. Wow. Which nobody was doing. Everyone was predicting Krom for Smash 4. Right. And I was like, no. Robin. And I was right. Uh, I might have also predicted Krom, um, like Krom and Robin, and I was kind of close there. Yeah, Krom does technically make an appearance in the game. He does. But I really like the Robins in this game. For starters, it's great to see a Fire Emblem moveset like, representing the franchise that isn't uh, just a, a by-the-books sword fighter <laughs> character. Yes. Right? Like, uh, like Marth, Rory, and I all have some very clear similarities. Robin plays very differently. Yes. Uh, uh, using his spell books and, and like, his... his weapons changing and his levens yeah. levin sword yeah his levin sword robin is a very different fire emblem character and that's great he feels really cool i tried playing him for a bit when he first came out didn't stick but i do appreciate his inclusion no yeah he's he's really neat or i guess she's really neat depending on which version of robin you're playing as right i do really like also that since robin is a choose your own character in mm-hmm. in fire emblem awakening they have a lot of different cosmetic versions of Robin in Smash that you can play as. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, they really did. It's kind of funny that, like, 
in Fire Emblem the games, you have this weapon triangle. Yeah. Where you can, you know, um, like swords beat axes, axes beat lances, and lances beat swords. And then in the game, Smash, it's just swords. Yeah, just swords everywhere. Like, like there... e- even Robin, like he pulls out a sword. Yes. There are no Lancer Axe users in Smash's playable Fire Emblem cast. Ugh. And, you know, that's obviously largely because uh, there are very few main characters right. in the Fire Emblem franchise, very few protagonists that use something besides a sword. But yeah, so I'm I'm glad that Robin at least has something besides a sword, even if there's clearly unrepresented angles of Fire Emblem. Agreed. And we can talk maybe a little bit about how to fill in those gaps when we get to new character discussion. Ooh. In the meantime, though, uh, we we shouldn't just pass over Lucina, who is one of my favorite characters in the franchise. She's cool, and I also like how when you choose her in Smash, the announcer goes, Lucina! <laughs> like, really enthusiastically. Really, that announcer, just in general, is A+. plus. A good announcer. Yeah. Quite a good announcer. Yeah, she's really great. Uh, she is, retroactively now, an Echo Fighter of Marth. Right. You know, like, that makes sense, because... She, in Fire Emblem Awakening, she is impersonating Marth for, like, the first fifth of the game. Right, she kind of just is Marth for a while. Yeah. But no, her her design's great, her story's great. Like, I was kind of worried that she'd be cut Mm -hmm. for Smash Bros. 5 before we knew that it was Ultimate and everyone's here. But she's still here, and I'm glad. She's still here along with everyone. Yes. And good. Welcome back, Lucina. Lucina! Anyway, uh, then as DLC, we got Corin from Fire Emblem Fates. Right. So you create your own character from that game. Yeah, a, a cool pick, and one that also has a lot of different stuff going on than uh-huh. the than the standard Fire Emblem character, because Corin transforms into a giant, weird, evil dragon thing. Yes. Uh, and they utilize that in Corin's moveset in Smash. Right. Uh, funnily enough, I haven't really played much Corin myself. Yeah, I haven't played any Corrin because I didn't get any of the DLC for that game. <laughs> yeah, um, but what I've seen of Corrin is really cool, and I'm I'm glad that I get Corrin for free this time. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, uh, Corrin also has a variety of of looks, uh, just like Robin. And yeah, I I did like that they sort of did the hey Fire Emblem Fates just came out, have Corrin as a playable <laughs> DLC character. Right. I I do I do kind of like. Fire Emblem's history of getting, like, marketing characters, basically. Yes. And I think that trend may continue. Oh. But before we get to that, there's one last character that is debuted in Ultimate, and that is Krom. Right. Krom is an Echo Fighter, but he's a weird Echo Fighter where he yeah. just borrows a bunch of shit from, like, several Fire Emblem characters. Kind of a Franken-fighter. Yeah. A, a Frank, yeah. Franken, Franken-fighter. So, uh, well, you know, apparently Krom was very highly requested mm-hmm. to be in the game, and so I guess I'm happy for those people. Yeah. I, I did really like the part of Krom's reveal trailer where, like, he's carrying a present to Lucina, and, like, he falls <laughs> down while he's trying to deliver it to her. Uh, so, really, that's worth his inclusion in the game alone. That's fair. Yeah. That's uh, really all we needed. Exactly. So, that's, that's seven characters, and... Four of them were original movesets. <sighs> and that's if you're arguing that Ike is an original moveset. Right. Um, and I know some people that wouldn't argue that. 
Um, I I think it's kind of a wolf scenario at the very yeah, least. Yeah, same. Yeah. I think of him as having an original move set, but I yeah. can see the arguments either way. Yeah, he's got some derivative stuff going on, but I think he's different enough for yeah. sure. But no, like that's that's a good lineup of Fire Emblem characters. But again, the issue is that even across seven characters, all of them use swords. <laughs> yeah, but seven of them use swords. So I think that any new character discussion should involve us trying to separate ourselves from swords. Although at the same time, maybe Sakurai won't separate from swords because he hasn't done it yet. Why should he do it now? <laughs> and what's funny is that we're about to talk about veteran assist trophies and the character we're going to talk about, A, has a sword, and B, is a character that I wish was in Smash. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Lin. Yeah. Lin from the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem, the first Fire Emblem game that we got. And she's great. Yeah, Lin is the first character that you encounter in that game. Yes. Like, you wake up on the Sake Plains, and there she is, yeah. you know, yeah, helping you defeat some bandits. And so, because that was my first kind of time actually playing a Fire Emblem game, and Same. I was experiencing Fire Emblem through Smash, I have an attachment to Lin. I really like her as a character. No, she's a great character, and I think the feeling is mutual, uh, Lin. Yeah, Lynn likes me too. Um, <laughs> I, what what I was trying to say is, I think that a lot of people would agree with you. Cool. Lynn is a very popular character. In fact, so popular that when Fire Emblem Heroes launched, there was a popularity poll <laughs> to see which characters to sort of get like five star right. uh, uh, featured character slots, like early. And Lin was the, like, winner of that by kind of a landslide. I played Fire Emblem Heroes for a while, and pretty much as soon as I got five-star Lin, I, like, leveled her to max level and then quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> also, perhaps due to the popularity of that, Lin is one of the only playable characters in Fire Emblem Warriors that is not from... The first Fire Emblem, <laughs> Awakening, or Fates. Oh, boy. Yeah. She she sticks out like a sore thumb. Which is too bad, because there's just so many great characters from the GBA Fire Emblems that would be great Fire Emblem Warriors characters. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Secret Stone just has a cool cast, man. Yeah. Lynn has been an assist trophy in Brawl, Smash 4, and is confirmed to be an ultimate. And she's the only Fire Emblem assist trophy that we've had in all that time. Right. Which, which feels a little strange when we have this many characters that are playable. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like we might get another assist trophy. If you could have any Fire Emblem character as an assist trophy, who would it be? If I, if I could have any character from Fire Emblem as an assist trophy... Without caring about whether or not they're likely to be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would pick Meg from Path of Radiance. <laughs> okay. Uh, she is just like like this chubby knight, and mm. she's adorable. <laughs> she's got the cutest art in the world. And I voted when that that Fire Emblem Heroes popularity contest, I voted for Meg. <laughs> I didn't need to vote for Lynn. I was voting for Meg. That's fair. Um, what about you? Uh, so in Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, there are these kind of like baby characters almost, I mean, not, not literally baby, but right. like, you know, there'll be, um, like an axe user who's clearly just like a 12 year old kid, basically. Right. It was like the son of another kind of axe wielder. Uh, and there's a couple characters like that. There's a mage and then there's a lancer and they have these really great animations 
um, that really kind of add a lot to their characterizations. Mm -hmm. And out of those, the one that I would want is Amelia, who is a kind of lance unit in the style of like these sort of generic lance enemies in the game. But she has this really great critical hit animation where she's like about to attack you with her lance and she kind of like takes this breath like okay amelia you can do this let's go (laughs) and then she just like lunges and kind of hits you i i think i kind of remember that yeah i just want that in smash in high definition oh i don't care how likely it is that's all that i want uh you know who i would take as an assist trophy actually uh, Donald from Fire Emblem Awakening. Ah, that'd yeah. be really great. Donald is like this villager with a bucket, uh, with like a like a pot. Yeah, with yeah. like a pot on his head, and he's he's canonically one of the weakest characters in the game. But then, like <laughs> the more you train him, he ends up becoming one of the most powerful characters in the game. Yeah, uh, he's fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I loved Donald. Um, <laughs> we should just, you know, really the assist trophy should just be Donald and Amelia doing like an X strike from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> the most likely of outcomes. Yeah, well, we, you know. We figured it out. Here on a Smashing Theory, we say whatever we want. <laughs> and then it's Good. up to you, the listeners, to pick up the pieces. <laughs> X-Strike! Good. Good, I'll I'll just put that, like, as the slogan <laughs> under, our, under our logo. Right. Here on a Smashing Theory, we do what we want. So we, we had a couple of costumes in Smash 4 mm-hmm. that you could dress your Miis up as. There was a Krom costume for me, Sword Fighters. Right. And we know how that turned out. Krom is a playable <laughs> character now. And there was also a Black Knight costume for Sword Fighters. The Black Knight from Path of Radiance. Right. And I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, but one of our listeners pointed out to us that the Black Knight used to be a background character in the Castle Siege stage. And the Black Knight is no longer a background character in the Castle Siege stage. Right. And does that mean that Black Knight is going to be an echo fighter of a of a fire emblem character so he can fight ike and also continue to add to the villain representation that we've been getting in ultimate well, i guess we'll find out but what do you we're we're here to predict shit sean what do you mm, think i don't think it's going to happen but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's i don't have any evidence for it but i'm i'm getting signs that are pointing to no on that one yeah i so I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast, but but I've been wondering, like, I think DLC is kind of a sure thing for this game, right? Yeah, gotta be. I, I could see, like, a 10% chance of it not happening, but I think we're getting DLC. But I guess the question that I have is, do you think that we'll be getting DLC Echo Fighters? Do you think that Echo Fighters will be some of the DLC we get? I hope not, because I would not be interested in that. Yeah, and and here's what I think. I think that... That it's definitely possible, especially mm-hmm. coming from Sakurai. What I hope happens is that that every time a legitimate, like full fledged, brand new DLC uh, character comes out, like say we we get we get Sora as a DLC character, it just kind of comes bundled with like one or two Echo Fighters for free. Okay, I would take that. <laughs> you know, I would definitely take that. So my my thought is that the Black Knight could be. A DLC Echo Fighter. Right? I see. I don't think Black Knight will be in the base game, but maybe 
maybe the fact that Black Knight is in the background anymore is kind of a future proofing thing, mm -hmm. so that uh, so that Black Knight can show up as a DLC Echo Fighter down the line. It'd be cool if each DLC release was kind of thematic. If they were doing like more than one character per, and oh. he was part of like a villain pack. You know oh, what I true. Mean? Or even uh, or even kind of part of a Fire Emblem pack. When sure. we get a new Fire Emblem DLC character, Black Knight's Echo ended up in there. Yeah. That said, I'm unsure. I'm unsure if I want to straight up predict Black Knight. Okay. What do you think? I'm not predicting Black Knight. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'd be kind of cool. You know, yeah. He's got a cool design. He's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. I just am not feeling it. I'm I'm really not feeling it. I'm predicting Black Knight. Ooh, contention. DLC Echo Fighter. More mm, loggerheads. I'd, I'd be cool. I'd be happy if he wasn't an Echo Fighter. Yeah. But I, th I think... Uh, I think we'll get Black Knight, but he'll probably be DLC in some form. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. I guess, man. <laughs> Good snort there. Thank you. Oh, ooh. Love, love it. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, yep. So let's move on to new character discussion. Yeah. So obviously... I think there's a lot of potential characters we could get uh, for Fire Emblem representation. And I know we're low on new characters that we'll be getting in the base game, and I don't think uh, we're getting a new Fire Emblem character in the base game. Okay. But I think Fire Emblem DLC is pretty much a given. Yeah. Uh, so I actually have 10. Uh, Jesus. More, actually, technically more than 10 uh, characters that I think have, like, anywhere from a 5% chance to... An eighty percent chance to show up in in uh, in Smash as a new playable character. Let's run through them. All right, so so I'm going roughly from least likely to most likely here. So over in the five percent camp, mm -hmm. uh, either Liana or Rowan from Fire Emblem Warriors. Now these are the OCs and Warriors, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. these okay. these are the OCs and Warriors. Uh, they they have cool designs, I think. You know, uh, sure. nice armor, blonde people. Uh, <laughs> But they have swords, yeah, uh, and like they they don't they end up not really doing anything that is remarkable or sets them apart from the rest of the Fire Emblem cast. Fair, uh, but Warriors was in development around the time that Sakurai must have been putting together his list, right? So there's a point in favor, but that's really the only point in favor, and I hope they're not in as playable. Same. Uh, up next is. Sharina from Fire Emblem Heroes. Right. Uh, Sharina is one of the OC characters, and here's something in her favor. She uses a lance. Ah, yeah. Yes. She uses a lance. I love her character design. She's great. She's got a great design, um, and I think Sharina is much more likely than Alphonse, mm -hmm. her brother, I think. Is Alphonse I, her brother? I think so. Yeah. In any case, he's her male counterpart, and his design's fine. His design's cool enough, uh, but he's another sword user. And, uh, yeah, I think Sharina represents heroes. Sharina represents heroes, which uh, which we already know we'll see at least a little representation sure. in Smash Bros. Through, uh, through a Fire Emblem Heroes remix. Right. And, you know, Heroes is doing pretty good, pretty popular for You could for say Nintendo, that again. <laughs> so I, it'd be interesting to just see Sharina in that game. I'd play her. Um, yeah. At the same time, I would too. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think she's the likeliest. Yeah. Actually, uh, here's actually probably something that's a little less likely than Sharina, but would be kind of cool. 
the summoner from Heroes. <laughs> just like, like the player character? Yeah, like the player character. Okay. The guy that's the guy that's summoning like all these Fire Emblem characters. Like the summoner would be playable in, in Smash, and the summoner's moves are just summoning other Fire Emblem ah, characters. Like that's cute. just like bringing bringing like F frame out to do like a stab with a spear <laughs> and then like uh and then like his up B is like uh, a Pegasus Knight like flies in and he like grabs onto him. That's really good. Yeah, I'd love that, but it's it's probably that'd probably be a bit intensive work wise, and maybe it's not that likely. Agreed. Uh, here's a character I think is in kind of the likelihood area, simply for the timing of her game. Sure. Because Fire Emblem Echoes came out right around when that list must have been getting put together, like right. that cast list, and Celica is great. Yeah, yeah. Selica's got a great design, um, but she also has a sword, right? Yeah. Doesn't she also have a sword? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I don't see how they would make her that much different. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement there. Uh, like, unless she winds up being another Echo Fighter, it's kind of like, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I think even though she's from Fire Emblem Echoes, we don't need her to be an Echo. Oh, God, <laughs> you're a genius. I know. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging it after all these years. You're welcome. But those are all kind of like, I think, like 20% likely or less. Sure. Now, here's here's some characters that I think actually have a shot. Okay. Uh, the first is Tiki. Uh, Tiki is uh, a little dragon girl with yeah. green hair, and she has been in like roughly half of the fire emblem games a bunch it's a yeah. bunch yeah she's been in a good amount of fire emblem games and i personally think she's one of the contenders for like mascot of the fire emblem series proper yeah she's up there right i, I think she's one of the biggest contenders next to maybe marth obviously mm-hmm. and another character that i think uh, also has a shot of being playable so we'll talk about her in just a, a mm. hot sekaroo but tiki would be great because her moveset would be unique her yes. she has the ability to turn into a dragon and and she does it using a thing called a dragon stone uh in fire emblem warriors tiki fights by swinging her dragon stone around <laughs> uh like it's a bowling ball that's beautiful right and uh and then she obviously like transforms as like her super moves and stuff and i think <laughs> i think tiki like lobbing around a dragon stone is some of her moves but also transforming into the dragon for other moves would be great and would really set her apart and have a great move set. I like that a lot. That said, I don't think she's actually going to be in the game as playable. Yeah. Um, although I would love it. What I think should happen is a Tiki should be in a sister trophy. I think that would be great. Yeah. A Tiki sister trophy would be awesome. She appears, she turns into a dragon, breathes some fire, and there you go. There we go. Yeah. So... Another character that I think is a contender for sort of being the face of the Fire Emblem franchise proper is Anna. Anna. Uh, Anna? Uh, whatever. Uh, I guess we'll say Anna. Yeah. Um, yeah, Anna has been in nearly every Fire Emblem game ever made. Yeah. And she's great. She usually isn't playable. She's usually like a shopkeeper. Yes. And... Um, and then in Fire Emblem Heroes, she's one of the main playable characters. <laughs> right. Then Fire Emblem Heroes, they were like, I'm Anna. I've got an axe. Yeah. And she's for kinda, some reason. And she's like the leader of a resistance or something, which is great. Yeah. Anna would be great as a Smash character because she could swing an axe. She could be an yeah. axe wielder. 
really, if it were up to me, if they came to me and said, Sean, I need you to design Anna for Smash, I would just have her be like an item shop person yes. and just like throw potions or whatever. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. would absolutely be the angle I'd pursue there. Yeah, no, that, that'd that be amazing. I think either interpretation of Anna would make her a really fun moveset. Yeah. Uh, however, I'd say there's like a like a 40% chance of that, like at best. You know, yeah, like yeah. I... Uh, I th- I think it'd be great. I don't see Sakurai biting, but here's what I do see Sakurai doing. Mm-hmm. I think the most likely course of action is that the DLC character representing Fire Emblem is going to be a character from Three Houses. Okay. Right? I I think, you know, Three Houses will come out in spring 2019, and then sometime between spring and summer 2019, we'll get a Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC character. Sure. And there are four characters, main characters we know about from the limited amount of Fire Emblem Three Houses media we've gotten so far. Right. And I think it's going to be one of those four. Okay. So the, those characters are Byleth, right? Like the sort of the player character. Right. Um, and the each each head of the three houses, as far as we know, <laughs> Edelgard, uh, Dimitri, and cloud right um so i'm going to talk about each of these in what i believe is least to most likely okay so first up is cloud Mm -hmm. uh cloud is my favorite design of these four characters (laughs) uh cloud appears to be a person of color right uh and he's got just like this great this great style this great look Uh, i love his design and he seems very like very optimistic and confident and sure. and happy uh and he's a bow user which would be cool yeah uh i think you could do a lot of cool stuff with a bow user in in smash yeah uh although i guess we have a bow user his name's link well uh, but like a guy that like and uses his bow like for his entire moveset yeah yeah link is more of a gadgeteer who happens to have a sword and a bow yeah that looks really great but i um i think that a he as far as we know right now, he seems a little less important. Mm-hmm. And B, I don't think Sakurai will really bother to make a Bowman moveset. Sure. Squeezing in just past Cloud is Dimitri. He looks like a bit of an edge boy, and he uses a lance. And, you know, he's got a cool design. Sure. And I I think seeing a lance user is a bit more likely than seeing a bow user. But otherwise, they, they seem to be sort of on the same par of importance in this game. Right. Um. And yeah, I I think neither of them are as likely as the next two for reasons I'm about to get into. Okay. So second place for me is Byleth. Byleth is the player character. Right. Uh, He's sort of like a teacher, and I imagine you'll be able to customize them so they can be either a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although that hasn't really been confirmed yet. You could just be stuck as a a guy, which is what Byleth is depicted as in the trailer. I hope that they are customizable, but I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But Byleth seems to be capable of using swords and magic, which, uh, does that sound familiar? I don't know if any Smash, Smash characters done what that before. Yeah, I can see them, like, making that unique, and the player character has been the playable representative of Fire Emblem for the past three Fire Emblem games now. Mm. So there's that. However,. I think there's another character with a bit more going for them, and that's Edelgard. Yeah. Edelgard looks awesome. Yes. She's she's got this great design. She looks like a badass. She's uh you know, she's this woman with like white hair. 
uh, and she is an axe wielder. Right. She wields axes and swords, and according to the trailer, she's also possible wielding magic. Huh. That's a that's a lot of angles you can use for Edelgard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, she's a female playable character, of which we are kind of short on. Like yeah. even at this stage, we we we're not seeing a lot of girls being added into the cast. Um, that's true. Like what what do we got? We got we got Daisy. We got Inkling, mm-hmm. we got Isabel. Yeah. And I think those are the new playable girls so far. I think so. Um, and Inkling can obviously be both genders. Right. Um, so I, I think Edelgard, Edelgard feels really good to me as a as a new playable character. Okay. Uh, coming in as DLC uh, around the release of Three Houses to sort of market it. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, I am predicting Edelgard. I will join you in your prediction of Edelgard. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that I really like about Edelgard is that the internet loves her and has named her Edgelord already. <laughs> and I just really appreciate that. Nice. Yeah, you would appreciate that. I would. And I do. Ha 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 Good episode. Yeah. So, with that out of the way, we can move on to bosses. So, there have been no bosses represented in Smash Bros. uh, from Fire Emblem yet. I think the Black Knight is a cool contender, potentially. Yeah, I would say so. Like, yeah, maybe maybe Black Knight isn't there because they made him a boss. That'd be weird, actually. I don't know why that would be the case. Yeah. But, uh, are there any Fire Emblem characters you'd like to see as a boss? Well, uh, one thing that's kind of cool about Fire Emblem is that a lot of the final bosses tend to be kind of screen filling and bombastic affairs yeah in particular i would really like the demon king from sacred stones to be a final boss cool he has this really cool kind of animation where he emerges from the shadows and then he has this really electric attack charge up thing that he does and i just Uh, think it'd be great theater oh yeah no that'd be really cool that would be cool yeah all right i guess let's talk about stages let's talk about them so Fire Emblem has actually only had a few stages over its lifespan. Mm-hmm. When Marth and Roy debuted in Melee, did they they did not debut with the stage. Right. Uh, what happened instead was if you held on a button when selecting Temple from Legend of Zelda, you would get to hear a Fire Emblem theme song. Right. Uh, that remix is fucking banging, by the way. Yep, still really great yeah. all these years later. Yes, as they say, uh, that music slaps. <laughs> As as the the kids say, the kids do say that it's the only thing about that is that we aren't kids. Well, then maybe I should slap you. <laughs> I, I for saying that. <laughs> I used to work in the education industry, yeah. And uh, I once uh, was talking to one of the kids at my school, and uh-huh. they were trying to explain to me what "on fleek" means. Yes, which it's just a synonym for "on point," right? You can use them interchangeably. Okay, and so. So I was kind of testing it out, and I said, like, oh, so, you know, I could say, like, wow, Mrs. So-and-so, your sunglasses are really on fleek. Could I say it like that? And the kid goes, Mr. Francis, I don't think you should ever say that word. (laughs) (laughs) So I've learned my lesson. Clearly, Daniel has not. He needs some public shaming. (laughs) I think you're just jealous because my grasp of uh, modern-day slang slaps that was the most how do you do fellow kids thing that's <laughs> ever happened on planet earth <laughs> how do you do fellow kids my yearning for learning 
Slap. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's on fleek. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but there have uh, there have been uh, stages. There have been other stages, <laughs> just in general. Yeah, you know. but you know, Fire Emblem stages. Yeah. So we've um, yeah. So starting in Brawl, we got Castle Siege, which starts on top of a castle with like mortars going out in the background and stuff kind of mm-hmm. like in the middle of this big battlefield yeah <laughs> hey, we're, we're parking in your backyard is that we're just gonna land on your roof uh, hey. okay we're good and then there's kind of like a whooshy speed line transition as it like changes to the inside of the castle right uh and that's the part where black knight's usually in the background and then you fight there for a while there's like different platforms you can like hit to break and stuff like you can break statues and that sort of thing it's a cool little level yeah and then there's more wooshy speed lines and then you're like (laughs) in a volcano or something right um yeah so there's this three-tier stage it's pretty cool Mm mm-hmm uh, I'm into it. It's Castle Siege actually doesn't represent any specific Fire Emblem game. It's just an amalgamation <laughs> of a bunch of different themes and elements of the Fire Emblem franchise as a whole. It's just Sakurai going like, Ooh, but what if you be volcano? Yeah. Oh, I'm a castle! <laughs> yeah, that sounds, whole thought process. that sounds exactly like Sakurai, you're right. That's, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you watch the directions with him and he's like, Ah, I'm Sakurai! Let's talk about Smash! And just play the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're really into screaming this episode. Nah! <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. You're going to lose your goddamn voice. No. <laughs> uh, Through power of will alone, I'll persevere. Anyway, Castle Siege has been in Brawl, the Wii U version of Smash 4, and it's confirmed to return for Ultimate. Right. Uh, in the 3DS version of Smash Bros. 4, we got Arena Faroe. Uh, or Arena Ferox. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. I like Ferro. That's very classy. Yeah, well, I'm a classy guy, as you established. You <laughs> my my level of classiness slaps. <laughs> so it's on fleek. <laughs> we're awful. We are awful <laughs> human beings. We are just trash people. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> so, uh, so Arena Ferox, Arena Ferro is specifically from Fire Emblem Awakening. And it's uh, it's an arena. It's like this cool little like circle, mm-hmm. uh, and it sort of changes forms several times, like Pokemon Stadium tends to. Yeah, uh, it's confirmed to return for Ultimate, and that's cool because I didn't get to play on a lot of 3DS stages that much. Like I kind of immediately right. migrated over to Smash 4 Wii U, like as soon as I possibly could. Sure. Uh, I kind of did the opposite, funnily enough. Right, yeah. I played Wii U on occasion, then I was like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> 3DS all the <laughs> way. Yeah, but I've limited experience with a lot of 3DS stages. I barely even remember Arena Pharaoh. So I'm I'm glad that uh, that it's an ultimate. I'll get to play it more. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming back. Yeah. A stage I am familiar with is the Coliseum stage uh-huh. introduced in Smash 4 Wii U. And it's another kind of amalgamation of... Amalgamation. Uh, amalgamation of all the Fire Emblem Coliseum stages that have been in the Fire Emblem franchise, because the Coliseum's kind of a staple. The Coliseum stage is also returning for Ultimate, which means that all three Fire Emblem stages that have ever existed are in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Everyone is here. Yeah, every stage stage is here. So that leaves new stages discussion, and I think there's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of cool iconic scenes and yeah. places throughout Fire Emblem history, but I think the most likely is you, you know what? I just realized that there's a character I could have discussed in the new character segment. I don't think it's that likely, but I completely forgot to mention any characters from Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. That's right. Yeah. That'd be really cool not predicting a single character from yeah. that game. I, I think the I think the Pegasus Rider girl Who's, oh. whose name I'm forgetting. Uh-huh. If we got a playable character, uh, like it'd be her, like because okay. because she's great. Uh, she's got like cool moves going on. Uh, she could have a great move set, but I don't think she's likely at all. But I do see a decent shot of her being an assist trophy. Actually, oh okay, yeah, like her as an assist trophy would be a great representation of that cool little project that Nintendo and Atlas collaborated on. Mm-hmm. Subasa, her name's Subasa. Oh, okay. Um. But anyway, as far as new stages go, um, I don't think we'll get any stages from Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. No. Uh, but I hope we get some fucking music now that I'm thinking about that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I, I think the most likely stage we could see is a stage representing Three Houses that maybe releases alongside our Three Houses DLC character. That makes sense. Um, and, you know, there's there's already some cool scenery we've seen in the trailer, right? Like... There's just that fucking cool grassy battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that throne that what looks like Tiki is sleeping on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, fighting in front of that throne. Um, yeah, I'm down for any of that. Yeah, there's there's potential. Um, however, uh, I don't think we're getting a new Fire Emblem stage at all. No, me neither. Um, but I guess we can talk dreams in that case. And is there any... Is there any stage that you'd really like to see from the Fire Emblem franchise? If I were to take my knights and turn them into dreams, then I think they would coalesce into the Tower of Valny from Sacred Stones. This is like an optional tower mm-hmm. that I think is 20 floors high. Okay. That you can kind of scale to uh, gain experience, but also to get cool rewards like oh. characters you can't otherwise recruit. Yeah, yeah. And it has this kind of... Uh, sort of necromantic feel to it with like lots of zombies and bone dragons and stuff yeah and i just think that it'd be a really fun kind of darker creepier fire emblem stage that does sound yeah that does sound really cool um yeah i i'm remembering now that a a long while back now you started and, and never finished a sacred stones playthrough on your let's play channel that is true because i decided that i was going to play through it on hard mode and that was a mistake (laughs) and uh and i'm remembering just a lot of episodes where you're trying to scale the tower of valny and just failing and swearing a lot that did happen yeah yeah good times good times so it'd be a great stage where i can make people feel the frustration that i felt during that (laughs) period of my life yeah yeah cool yeah great cool um <laughs> i guess if i were to pick a fire emblem stage um uh you know that field in fire emblem fates where like the where corin has to make their decision ah yeah and it's yeah. like just really like you know like this winds blowing and it's really like mm-hmm. epic and yeah that that'd be kind of a fun stage that'd be a really good one yeah obviously likelihood for all of these i think is basically zero. Oh yeah besides maybe a dlc three houses stage but like the thing is, when a first-party Nintendo character that's already represented by a franchise that has a stage, <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good laugh there, buddy. Yeah, like a little hiccup in the middle of that. Yeah, um, just, just one <clears throat> for some reason. Yeah, but when there's a 
a DLC character already has a stage representing their franchise. Um, if we look at four, uh, for example, like Corin from Fire Emblem shows up and does not get a new stage representing her because there's already Fire Emblem stages. Right. So I think the same thing is basically going to happen. I don't think we'll be getting a new Fire Emblem Three Houses stage, just like we didn't get a new Fate stage. But I would be happy to be proven wrong. Me too, but with you and what you said. Yeah. <laughs> so, items. Fun fact, Fire Emblem didn't have any items representing them until Ultimate. Wow. Uh, the Killing Edge was just introduced, and it's a sword that's really strong for, like, a period of time. Right. And then you swing it, and it's and it loses its strength, <laughs> but it's really powerful. Like, it basically, like, is a sword that can crit sometimes. Right. And it, it glows when, when you can hit hard with it. And then it has, like, a recharge period. Uh, and it is, of course, based on the best item in Fire Emblem. It's not the best item, but it's one of my favorites. The Killing Edge in the Fire Emblem games just dramatically spikes your chance to critically hit. Yeah, it's a sword with a high crit rate, and yeah. it's really cool. Very valuable item. Yeah, and it breaks easy or something. Uh, it does have, yeah, lower durability than a lot of the other weapons. Yeah. As far as new items go... um. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, yeah, like I think, uh, I think one new item is what we're gonna get for ultimate, mm-hmm. representing Fire Emblem. Yeah, I that sounds about right to me. Yeah, it's not like we're short on Fire Emblem representation. Otherwise, we got plenty of that shit. <laughs> so let's move on to the soundtrack. Now, Fire Emblem has a really great ass, really great ass soundtrack. It slaps. <laughs> <laughs> It should just just be like, here's the new episode of of a Smashing Theory. It slaps. We're renaming our podcast to a Slapping Theory because it slaps so hard. <laughs> I can just never try out new words again, can no. I? I? I just I nope. should ban myself. You're limited to the vocabulary that you have now. <laughs> Don't add anything else. Uh, that doesn't slap. So. <laughs> oh it was a magical day when you asked me to co-host this podcast with you yeah was it oh jesus christ so uh, so there's a lot of great music a lot of great music in fire emblem that has been represented in smash Mm -hmm. Uh, some existing highlights include uh the the theme that plays on Legend of Zelda's Temple that we've uh, that we've established already. I believe that's called Together We Ride. And it's called Together We Ride in uh, Binding Blade or or the or the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem. Uh, it is called that in that. However, in Smash, it's just called Fire Emblem. Mm, now it's called Together We Ride. <laughs> I'm hacking into the source code. I see. Bleep uh, bloop. It's done. <laughs> there's. There's a great rearrangement of the Fire Emblem main theme where it just, like, fucking doubles and then triples down on the sort of the opera aesthetic of that theme. Oh, you mean kind of like... (laughs) Your goal is to make the audio spike, so I have to do extra editing, isn't it? (laughs) We've turned the gain down so much that it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) That barely got up to, like, 0.5 decibels. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You like that? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I can't believe that didn't slap. <laughs> we, 
moratorium on that word. We've said it too much. We cannot say it anymore. You started it. Yeah, I did, and now I'm finishing it. Oh, that is not on fleek. <laughs> That's fine. You can keep saying on fleek, you weirdo. Uh, there's also the mystery of the emblem medley. Right. That's really cool. It's got like a lot of flutes and guitars in it, and I like it a lot. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you like that so much that in the outline you put guitars and flutes and you added two exclamation points. Yeah. I just, I really wanted to emphasize how much I like the flutes in that. Hey, flutes are great. Yeah, flutes are great. Good flutes. Good flutes. Uh, also, uh, I think put in the game alongside Corin was uh, the Lost in Thoughts All Alone Smash remix. Right. Which is a really cool, like, upbeat remix of the song that. Azura, is that her name? Uh, yes, yep. Uh, Azura sings in Fire Emblem Fates. It's a good song. Yeah. And of course, uh, a highlight that's being introduced in Ultimate is Gear Up for. Bada bum, bada bum, bada bum, bum bum, bada bum. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> uh,. There, there's still a decent amount of like. There's a lot of Fire Emblem music representation in mm-hmm. in the games already, but uh, there are some cool tracks that I that I haven't seen mm-hmm. in Smash yet. Um, some of them are the ones I can mainly think of are from newer titles. Really, if they have like fifty Castlevania tracks, anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, abs- <laughs> Throw absolutely. In some more Smash, or, uh, yeah, Fire Emblem tracks. Yeah, definitely. I think one big one that I don't think is in Smash yet is it'd be really cool to hear an arrangement of "Don't Speak Her Name" from Awakening. Ah. Uh, a very dramatic thing happens, uh, like five hours into Fire Emblem Awakening, <laughs> right? Uh, and after that dramatic thing happens, there's this really just fucking, uh, just sad yes. theme that yeah, plays. Really crushing theme. Yeah, really crushing theme that's also like really cool and actiony. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rearrangement of that would be awesome. For sure. However they rearrange it, I'm sure it'd be really cool. There's a couple of really cool tracks that have been brought to my attention from Yeah R.I.P. on Reddit. Mm. Uh, there's A Light Storm. Uh-huh. Which is basically Ryoma's theme in okay. Fire Emblem Fates. Right, uh, right. Man, that theme's awesome. There's a lot of really great stuff in that soundtrack, but yeah, that's a really good one in particular. Yeah, and there's also Clash, a theme that uh, plays when you fight like a group of mercenaries right. in Path of Radiance. Yeah. And uh, and those are both phenomenal picks, so thanks for pointing those out. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, I hope you don't R.I.P. because your picks gave me life you got any tracks you'd really like to um yeah one in particular stands out i really love the fire emblem fates soundtrack in general it's really good yeah it's really really great probably the best thing about that game actually um and uh in particular uh the final boss theme which is called end of all is really cool uh first of all it's just this kind of great not quite medley, but there's a lot of leap motifs that show up, you know, like uh, like other tracks in the game kind of have their melodies interspersed throughout. Yeah. And then also it has Azura uh, singing, um, you know, her usual song, 
but uh, she kind of changes the lyrics depending on which path you've chosen. Oh. Yeah. And so it'd be neat to have like her kind of do each verse as the song goes on. That's really cool. Yeah. Neato. Good mm-hmm. pick. Okay, neat. And that is all the Fire Emblem stuff we have to talk about on our own. But we've got, we got a lot of listener mail uh, about Fire Emblem and also about other Smash stuff. So uh, we'll start with the Fire Emblem stuff. Thanks if you sent mail in. There was a lot of you, and <laughs> I uh, I didn't get to pick nearly as much as I'd like to. But I'll hope, up Reddit. I hope you enjoyed writing it anyway. I enjoyed you writing it, even if I didn't feature it. So we had some trouble coming up with stages, but Mr. Zebra on Reddit has us covered. Okay. Mr. Zebra says, For a franchise with so many playable characters, it's honestly shocking that Fire Emblem still only has three stages, only one of which is actually based off a specific location from a Fire (laughs) Emblem game. A few ideas I have. The Mila Tree from Fire Emblem Awakening and Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valencia. The Mila Tree map in Awakening was, in my opinion, by far the most beautiful map in the entire game. Not that that's saying a ton in the game filled with empty planes. (laughs) And its presence in Echoes has only renewed its relevance. There's plenty of stuff they could do here with the bits of the tree forming platforms. You can maybe see Tiki napping in the background. The Opera House from Fire Emblem Fates. (laughs) I don't like Fates. I really don't. But it does have some cool locations, and I can't deny that. The boats floating in the water would make for a cool stage, and swimming mechanics exist in this game, so they might as well use them every once in a while. You could see Azura performing in the background, which would be neat. Yeah. That place with all the floating bits that I don't remember the name of from Fire Emblem Fates. Ah, yep. Again, I don't like Fates, so I never finished it, and I barely remember its story, but there was a really pretty place with lots of floating platforms that would be perfect for Smash. I agree. Uh, Mr. Zebra also mentions the final boss battlefield from Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, and for those of you that know what that battlefield consists of, uh, that's a that's a really cool pick. Yeah, that would be really cool. I also love the idea of the kind of really, as he described it, the really pretty area with the floating platforms. Yeah. Uh, that is a really neat area that you go to where kind of the the presence of magic in the area has caused reality to bend Ooh. and so it's very kind it feels very mc escher you know that famous painting okay with like the stairs going in different yeah directions. yeah that's yeah. kind of how i imagine it okay uh they could definitely do some cool stuff with that area that's stage. that's awesome that's awesome yeah man <laughs> no that's really cool yeah Thank you, Mr. Zebra, for all those predictions. I guess you could say that Mr. Zebra earned his stripes. So next he's we... a zebra. <laughs> so next we got some character pitches from Cracked Hail on Reddit. Okay. Uh, Celica from Gaiden and Shadows of Valencia. Celica would be an echo fighter or semi-clone of Robin. <laughs> Instead of Eleven Sword or Bronze Sword... She would use her beloved Sophia, a weapon that would be in between Leaven Sword and Bronze Sword in terms of power, and wouldn't break. Uh. She, she wouldn't use tomes and instead would cast her own spells, which have slight recoil damage. Huh. The spells would have minor property changes. Hector from the Blazing Sword. Yeah. Hector would be a semi-clone of Ike, or a unique character. His up special would be based off of his critical hit animation for Blazing Sword, where he spins his axe helicopter style. <laughs> He would have electric properties and obviously fight using his Axe R mods. Yeah. And Ephraim from the Sacred Stones. Okay. Ephraim would be a unique character and fight with his Lance Sigmund. 
Being a lance user, he would have a lot of range similar to the Belmonts. He would do more damage at the end of his lance. Nice. Yeah. I uh, like those ideas. In particular, I love Hector. Just oh, he's one character. of the best, right? He's, he's really, really great. I believe that Hector... I believe that Hector won the male side of the Fire Emblem Heroes contest, right? I think was, so, yeah. It was either him or Ike, and the, the other of those guys got second place, I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when he is equipped with Armads toward the end of the game, he actually does get a new, like, critical strike animation. Yeah. Where he sort of twirls the axe around and then slams it on the ground before he goes in for the attack, and it's really badass. That sounds really badass. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good picks, Cracked Hail. A thanks. Yeah, I guess you could say you cracked your hail. I don't really have anything for you. Sorry, Thank I, sorry, goodness. Hail. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Andy M. Uh, sends an email. Andy M. says, I had a new idea for a Fire Emblem item, the Summoner Orb from Heroes. Huh. Similar to the Assist Trophy, grabbing this item would summon a hero who will perform an attack on your opponent. Well, this is obviously not going to happen, as multiple Fire Emblem characters, such as Lin, have already been announced as assist trophies. I still think it'd be a great item. I agree. Yeah, thanks, I, Andy. I, yeah, like, I also agree that it's not going to happen, so yes. good thing you got that out of the way. Yeah. But I would obviously love this item being included. Yeah, I really just love the idea in general of there being more, like, franchise-specific summoning items, right? Yeah. Like, we have the Pokeball that summons Pokemon specifically, <laughs> like... I really would love, like, you know, like we've talked before about, like, the things that summon blades from Xenoblade, right? right? Uh, like, I'd love that. I'd love a Fire Emblem Hero Summoner or really, like, any franchise that justifies <laughs> you summoning a bunch of heroes from that, uh, from that setting. Um, I am all down for that idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think we're getting a Sister of Ease and we're getting Pokeballs, and that's the only utilizations of that idea we'll see. Almost certainly. But I wish your prediction came true, Andy. Me too. And thanks for sending that in. Yeah. We got an email from Alex. Alex says, Hi, I work at a GameStop and I'm a key holder. My mornings and nights opening and closing the store get a bit monotonous, so I wanted to find a nice Smash-themed podcast to listen to as I did some work so I didn't have to do it in silence. When searching for one, I stumbled upon a Smashing Theory and I absolutely fell in love. Thank you so much for providing such hilarious content and neat gaming history lessons. Oh, we're happy to help you be less bored at your GameStop job. Yeah, it's actually really nice to hear that people like the history part yeah. of Smashing Theory, because I can never tell. I can never tell if people like that part. Probably takes a decent amount of research on your part, too, so it's good that that's being validated. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling valid right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Alex goes on to say... I'm still catching up on all of the episodes. I'm almost done, but I still have a bit more to go. But I wanted to hear if your views on Skull Kid have updated at all. Hmm. When Skull Kid hype really started up because of the chair theory, I got so excited because I wanted him in the game so badly. <laughs> but I'm starting to feel more and more like he's going to end up being a boss. I feel Shadow is going to end up the exact same way. Hmm. Are there any other characters people were really expecting as Fighters Echoes that you're now feeling are going to end up being bosses instead? Ah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, you know, Alex, um, first of all, thank you yes. uh, for all those really nice words. Absolutely. Thank you for all of them. First of all, like, Skull Kid being a boss is a great point. Oh, yes. Because we, we, we had trouble thinking of how Skull Kid could be playable. Sean had a really cool idea, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. right, but I... 
I don't know if it's an idea that Sakurai is likely to <laughs> utilize on his own, you know? Yeah. Um, however, Skull Kid as a fightable boss, especially, like, since this was being developed around the time Majora's Mask came out, boy, that makes a lot of sense. Funnily enough, though, like, in terms of what characters did you think were a sure thing but that you now think will be bosses... The opposite has happened more frequently for me. Right? Yeah. You know, like, like, oh yeah, King K. Rool will probably be a boss, and then he's a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, Ridley will be a boss, and then he's a character. Uh, I never thought Ridley was going to be a boss. Well, you know, but the fan base. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. Uh, that's that's a really weird like reverse phenomena that's been happening. Yeah. And also, there's been a lot of characters that have been like, oh, this character's gonna be in, but then uh, then later it's like, oh. Maybe Captain Toad's going to be an assist trophy, right? <laughs> right. Like, there's that. Like, I, I have a lot of... Yeah, like, I have several characters that I think are more likely to be assist trophies than playable now. Right. Um, Like, maybe maybe the rabbit is more likely to be an assist trophy than a playable character at this point. Could you know? be. Or Rayman, even. But bosses specifically, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say that I... I don't think that Shadow the Hedgehog is going to be a boss character. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I think that either he'll be playable or he'll just... Not be around. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But no, that's... I'm I'm glad that thought has been brought into my brain. The the Skull Kid is a boss thing. Yeah. I, that didn't occur to me, and I, I see some merit to it. Um, Obviously, I'd still think it'd be awesome if Skull Kid was playable. Ah, oh, that'd be so great. Um... But who knows at this point? The mystery thickens. The theories coalesce. <laughs> the smashing theories. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Who's our next letter from? Also, thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. I uh, really appreciate the kind words and the good perspective. Yeah. Coxow is back after a little while. Welcome back. Hey, Coxow. Coxa says, Hi, my question has nothing to do with Fire Emblem. <laughs> but now that Snake and Cloud are both in the game, if you have to pick two other iconic characters from PlayStation Ooh. in order to make a full PlayStation All-Stars battle in Smash, <laughs> who would you choose? Oh, man. That's yeah. a great question. This is a great question, Coxa. So I think, uh, to elaborate, I think what he means is obviously... Like Cloud and Snake, right, were characters that debuted on the PlayStation, characters right. that are probably more familiarly associated with Sony's consoles than they are with Nintendo's, but here they are in Super Smash Bros. Yeah. So uh, so we got to pick two characters that are not owned by Sony, uh -huh. but are still like historically and more iconically associated with the PlayStation. That's a tough set of parameters to follow because the first thing I thought of was Kratos, but he's just owned by right, Sony. Right, yeah, he's just owned by Sony. Uh, I mean, there's actually a couple for me that spring to mind immediately uh -huh. because they are actually the subject of one of the first bogus rumors we got for Smash Bros. <laughs> Ultimate. Before we even knew it was called Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, someone claimed that the E3 trailer, uh, that the E3 reveals would feature Spyro the Dragon and Crash Bandicoot. Right. And... Uh, yeah, uh, Spyro and Crash would actually probably be like, like they're they're owned by Activision. They're they're showing up on Nintendo platforms. I I think they'd be a great like pick for for those two like PlayStation All Star slots. Like Cloud versus Snake versus Spyro versus <laughs> Crash would be pretty good. I do think that'd be really great. Although, funnily enough, 
I think there is one character that at least technically fulfills the requirements. Okay. And that is Sora from Kingdom Hearts. True. He debuted on a Sony console. Yeah. And was associated with them for a long time. Yeah. Uh, You know, a lot of the mainline Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, You know, several of the main games have been exclusive to Sony consoles. Yeah. uh, And they've at least been represented on Sony consoles. Yeah. Uh, And yet... Uh, Sora is not owned by Sony. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, you know, he kind of fits those criteria. No, I, I think that's, I think that's a good option. A good, a good point. And obviously we are in agreement that Sora will be in Smash. Right. So that's one of them coming true right there. Uh, and Snake versus Cloud versus Spyro versus Sora, uh, <laughs> would be pretty cool. Uh, I have one more that's kind of occurred to me. Okay. Um, Hmm. Actually, I don't know if she's ever appeared on a Nintendo platform, so maybe she's not legal for this. But Laura Croft. Oh yeah. Yeah, because she's you know she she was kind of the face of PlayStation for a while, but she's not a Sony character. That's true. Um, and that way we could have four we could have four Sony related characters that are each from a different company. Right. You know, like Square Enix has Cloud, Konami has Snake. Uh. <laughs> Oh, wait, no! Square Enix owns Lara Croft now! Oh, that's right. Oh, man, I keep forgetting that. Anyway, um, there that, that's still a, a nice, I think, a grab bag of potential PlayStation All-Stars candidates that just end up in Smash Bros. instead. <laughs> if I somehow had to figure out how to include Lara Croft in a Smash game, mm-hmm. I think that I think that I would just... You know, instead of having, like, high-def human-looking Laura Croft standing next to, like, Mario or whatever. Right. I would just do, like, janky-ass old PS1 Laura Croft. Yeah. You know, like, 10 frames per second, arms kind of key-framing every which way. That would be the Laura Croft (laughs) that I'd throw in there. I would I would make her model based on her original PS1 appearance, but, Uh like, smoother, you know? Okay, cool, cool. Kind of like how... Uh, Pac-Man is an updated version of his 80s design. Laura right. Croft would be an updated version of her 90s design instead of just her contemporary. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, any other like Sony adjacent characters you can think of, or is that uh... not off the top of my head? I think that's a pretty solid list. Yeah, pretty solid list. Uh, but great question, Coxow. Yes. I I just appreciate people remembering that PlayStation All Stars Battle exists. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I think that game's a bit underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's not as good as Smash. Yeah, but I had a lot of fun with it. I I thought the roster had a lot of potential. I really appreciated that Spike from Ape Escape was in that game, so I could main him. Of course. Um, and I'm sad that it did so poorly that they that they canceled production of more of the DLC they were working on. Right. Uh, Dart from Legend of Dragoon and Abe from Abe's Odyssey were going to be like uh, the next two great. DLC characters. And yeah, we, we did not get them. And it bummed me out. Like that, that game had such potential. They they could have gotten like Spyro and Crash as like mm-hmm. guest characters, but instead it was like Big Daddy from Bioshock, <laughs> the classic PlayStation character. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, like, you know, is Smash a better franchise than PlayStation All-Stars? Absolutely. Is the most fun that I've ever had at a Smash game, like, juggling people with incredibly long and complicated ride and combos? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm of two minds. I see. 
But yeah, thank you very much, Coxow, for that yeah. mail. So here we are at the end where we recap our predictions, as always. We've gotten some stuff right. We've gotten some, a couple, you know, one or two things wrong. Mm-hmm. Just a couple, just a little bit, baby, yeah. Yeah. baby you know, I mean, Obviously, the number of things that we get right far outnumbers the number of things we've gotten wrong. Yes, observe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things we've gotten right. Uh, every character from Smash 4 coming back. Mm-hmm. The Ice Climbers coming back. Wolf coming back. Uh, Ridley being a brand new playable character. Yeah. Uh, things we've gotten wrong. Uh, hey, don't listen to this. <laughs> uh, not. Uh, we didn't think that every Smash character would come back, such as Pichu, Pokemon Trainer, Young Link, and Snake. Uh, we thought that Scott Pone would be a playable character. Uh, Sistrophy. We thought Bomberman would be a playable character. Sistrophy. Sean thought Minda would be a playable character. Sistrophy. We... Th- we did not think that Simon Belmont, Richter Belmont, Crom, Dark Sam as King K. Rule, or Isabel would be playable characters. And yet there they flipping are. Yeah. Uh, or we should say that we didn't officially predict that. We got very close to predicting Dark Samus, and then we we were cowards. Yes. Or we waited too long. One of those. Whatever. We've made some predictions together. We are both of the mind. Or at least on paper, we are both <laughs> on the mind that Captain Toad will be playable. Right. Uh... Rex with Pyrrha and Mithra will be playable. Monster Hunter will be playable. Uh-huh. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Uh-huh. The Rabid from The Rabbids. <laughs> Ribbon Girl from Arms and Isaac from Golden Sun. Right. I have made some predictions separately from Sean. Uh, the main one that Sean will always yell over me over is uh, Hey Hodge. Look, look, man, I'm not going to yell. <laughs> 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 Don't say I'm going to yell over you because I'm not going to do it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Hey, Hodge. I told you I'm not going to do it, man. <laughs> the old Tekken man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rockruff from Pokemon, <laughs> who will evolve into like Hanrock as part of his moveset. And new to this episode, I think that the Black Knight from Fire Emblem will be uh, in the game as some kind of DLC. He oh, sure right. Does. Also, a new shared prediction we have is that Edelgard from Fire Emblem will be a DLC character. Yeah, good old Edgelord. And Sean has made some predictions separate from me. Mac Ryder is a playable character. Mm-hmm. Marks from Kirby is a playable character. Mm-hmm. A Gen 8 starter uh, from Pokemon as a DLC. Mm-hmm. And Shadow the Hedgehog is an Echo Fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yes, and I think we will find out sometime next month whether or not we're right. I think October is going to be pretty quiet. Yeah. Then they're probably going to break out a Smash Direct sometime in November. In the meantime, if you want to hear us do non-Smash things, the two of us have another podcast right now. We do. It's called Play This. It's kind of a book club for video games. Uh, Sean and I recommend video games to each other and then have in-depth discussions about them. We just unleashed an episode about... Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, the first game in the Zero Escape franchise, which Sean played for the first time and had some very saucy thoughts about. Yes, you could say that I had zero escape from that game until I was done playing it. (laughs) And you should see an episode about Into the Breach from us sometime next week. Yes. Catch me on Z on Twitter. I don't really post much unless it's a retweet of something I find silly. But uh, I will definitely reply to you if you say hey or something. Yeah. And you, in turn, can catch me as re underscore chief on Twitter, re chief on YouTube, 
re underscore chief on SoundCloud. And actually, that's it. Those are the places you can catch me. <laughs> you, uh, you need to make re no underscore chief just an account somewhere else. Right, yes. Uh, like, become, like, a Lyft driver with uh, with the name Rechief. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in Chicago, summon a Lyft. <laughs> maybe I'll be driving it. <laughs> I don't have a car, but you can hop on my back, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll jog you to the loop. That's what I do. <laughs> That's not what I do. Don't try to get me on a Lyft. Next time on A Smashing Theory... WTF characters. Wow, WTF does that mean, Daniel? <laughs> uh <laughs> So this is a really exciting episode. I've been waiting to do this for a long time and I think this is about the right time to do it. There in every Smash game there's a character that kind of comes out of nowhere that you can arguably say is the WTF character. There's there's one every game really and they generally tend to be based off of peripherals. Like, you had Mr. Game & Watch in Melee. Right. You had uh, Rob in Brawl. Mm-hmm. You had the Wii Fit Trainer sure. in Smash 4. And who knows if we're if we're getting another, like, whammy, another weird surprise character based off of some nebulous Nintendo concept like we've gotten in the past. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we do, because we predict this stuff for a living. <laughs> We do not get paid for this yet. No. Seriously, if you if, if you think that we could do stuff that you would support on a Patreon, well, let us know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But until then, just send us mail or your own predictions about what WTF content you think could be in the next Smash Bros. Ultimate game. Yeah. Or, you know, just send us questions about smash in general or questions you'd like to know about us uh we love reading all that stuff and uh we'll feature some of our favorites in the next episode yeah you can tweet at a smashing theory or you can mail a smashing theory at gmail.com but don't send real mail there just send email there (laughs) don't stuff the paper into your (laughs) into your cd tray that's bad agreed and, uh, <laughs> we will see you in the WTF episode. And until then, I hope you have a smashing time. Yeah. That's the kind of delivery that makes you say WTF. That delivery slaps. It's on fleek. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>